Hey y'all, it's Barb. It's Shay. We're here to talk about a murder that's gonna knock you off your feet. So giddy up y'all, this is gonna be a wild one. Hey y'all, happy new year. We are excited to be starting the new year with you guys. I can't believe it's already 2022. How are you doing Barb? And are you ready for the new year? Yes, I am ready for a good new year i'm excited i have some new year resolutions me and my family and i'm just ready to see what this year has in store for us how about you i'm excited too 2021 was a little little rough for a lot of people so i'm ready to just get it over with and start with a new one so before we start i want to remind you that the voters episode is out now like the the voting poll is out now on all social media so make sure that you go vote and don't forget that we do have merch for sale but that's all the business that we have so let's get into to today's tragic stories i got all of my information from wikipedia that's i didn't have it anywhere else that i got it from so today i will be telling you all about the deadly mass shooting by a man whose hate towards women exceeded anyone's expectations he would end up carrying so much hate that he decided to take it out at a Luby's restaurant. Isn't that such a random place? Like yeah. to just drive up to a Luby's and decide, oh, I'm going to kill a whole bunch of people. Yeah, I don't even think I've heard this. It, I didn't either until I, I had looked it up. I was like, what the heck? This is crazy. But before I tell you what happened, I want to... I want to say all the names of the victims who were killed in this brutal mass murder. The victims' names are Patricia Carney, who's 57, Jimmy Cawthert, and if I say any of these names wrong, just, you know, as usual, uh, 48, Camille Davis, 62, Stephen Dottie, 43, Alphonse Al Gracia, 71, Ursula Gracia, 67, and then I think there was another Ursula, and I think it was their daughter, who was 33, Michael Griffith, who was, I believe, 68, or somewhere around there, Venice Hinnan, 70, Clodine Humphrey, 63, Sylvia King, 30, Zona Lynn, 65, Connie Peterson, 41, Ruth Pajol, 55, Suzanne Rashad, 36, John Romero Jr., who is 29, Thomas Simmons, 33, Glenn Arvel Spivey, who is 55, Nancy Stansbury, 44, Algica Taylor, 45, James Welsh, 75, Lula, Lula Welsh, 75, Iva Juanita Williams, 64, George Hennard, 35. So, that was basically everybody. And that is th- 23 people who were killed. There were 27 others who were injured. Isn't that a crazy amount of people? Yeah. That was almost 50 people if it would have all worked like how he wanted it to. I know. So these types of events really hit a different part of your heart because you think that a man can just sit there and like really hate people so much and be so angry that 
they can feel nothing towards taking the lives and injuring so many people. But with that being said, let's talk about what happened on October 16th, 1991. On this day, a, na- a man named George Hennard, who was about 35 at the time, this particular day, George made a decision that would change so many people's lives. And it's not only the people who were killed or injured, it's their families, their loved ones and friends. So he was sitting in a parking lot in his blue 1987 Ford Ranger. This parking lot was located at the Luby's Cafe in Killeen, Texas. Around 12.40 p.m., George took out his Glock 17 and Ruger P89 and started firing into the restaurant from his truck. It was said that Michael Griffith was the first one to be shot and killed. After firing from his truck, he got out of his truck, and as he did, he would he would state, quote, all women of Killeen and Belton are vipers. This is what you've done to me and my family. This is what Bell County did to me. This is payback, end quote. He would begin to fire again while walking around the restaurant, picking, picking who he wanted to shoot and kill and who he didn't. He would say nasty things to women before killing them. There was a lady who was hiding under a bench, and he would say, quote, hiding from me, blank, end quote. So he, you know, he was so angry at women. He just hated them so much. And once he said this, he ended up actually shooting her and killing her point blank. So he just had like nothing in his brain was saying that anything he was doing was wrong. He then shot Steve, which is one of the victims in the stomach. He would, he would let a baby, a lady and her baby out and would say, quote, you with the baby get out before I change my mind, end quote. So she ran out as fast as she could, of course. After that, he would shoot Steve's wife in the arm and it would go straight through her arm and kill Ellen, who was Steve's mother-in-law. So basically a whole family was murdered at one point. While he was walking around looking for the next victim, a man named Tommy would throw himself through a window to help make an escape route for other victims. Many people and they're saying like dozens of people were able to escape the restaurant by the time the cops got there. And all of that because Tommy took a chance by jumping out of the window. So when the cops showed up, George started shooting at them and they shot back. After being shot, he would run in between the bathrooms because I guess the the doors were locked because there was victims on the inside of the restrooms locking the doors. And so he was kind of like, you know, in the hallway area. And the cops tried to tell him to come out, but he continued to threaten the lives of victims that were still inside the restaurant. So the cops would fire two more rounds shooting George in the stomach. Realizing that he had very few bullets left and was slowly bleeding to death, he would take his own life by shooting himself in the head. Isn't that so crazy? Yeah, it kind of makes me wonder why why does he hate women so much like what is it that happened or like the series of events that happened that like triggered this in him see and i tried to find that but there's since since he did take his own life there was no like proof of exactly why he did it 
like they can only speculate on why he did it, but they, there's nothing. But I'll kind of like get into that a little bit later. But yeah, that's the first thing I was like, dude, what made him hate women so much? And he didn't only hate women. He was racist. He hated women. And he was, um, he was homophobic. He, he just had, he just had so much hate towards everybody but himself pretty much. And it's just, it's sad. It's a sad situation. So that's pretty much what happened. And now I want to tell you a little bit about George Hennard himself. He was born October 15th, 1956 in Pennsylvania. Mind you, this happened on October 16th. So yeah, his family was pretty wealthy because his father was a surgeon and his mother was a stay-at-home mom. He had one sister and one brother, and around the age of five, his family would move around a lot because his father was actually a surgeon for the army. And they would have to move around wherever his father was stationed, and, you know, everybody kind of knows how that works. He graduated from Mayfield High School, and right after, he enlisted in the Navy and served for about three years. And usually when you're in the military, you're supposed to at least serve for four. But he only served three because he was honorably discharged. It didn't say why he was honorably discharged or anything like that. But after being discharged, he became a merchant uh, mariner, which is basically a person who moves cargo or even people to and from the United States, whether it be by boat or plane. And he did all this for the military. So I'm guessing he was just he was discharged for like active duty. I'm not really sure how, how that was, but I don't know if this was what he was doing while he was in the Navy or if this was after the Navy, but this didn't last long because he was fired because they found out that George was actually using drugs. After being fired, he tried to get clean by admitting himself into a drug treatment program located in the Houston area. Georgia struggled with keeping a steady job, most of which included construction. He lived with his mother for like a lot, for a lot of the time, I believe, like cause his, his mom and his dad had gotten divorced at some point and they both lived in two different places, but I believe he stayed with his mom most of the time. He was even caught stalking two sisters one was named Jill Fritz, who was 23, and the other was named Jana Jimmigan, who was 19. They actually lived two blocks from him in the neighborhood that he was living in before the brutal murder. And I think, so I'm thinking, I don't know if he was still living with his mom at that point, because he was 35. So I don't know if he still lived with his mom or he lived by himself, but wherever he was living before he killed all of these people and injured all these people, he this is where he was doing it at. It didn't give any specific location or anything like that. So he even wrote a disturbing five-page letter in June that he sent to the sisters. And a quote from the letter states, quote, please give me the satisfaction of someday laughing in the face of those mostly white treacherous female vipers from those two towns which was Killeen and Belton and then it continued with who tried to destroy me and my family end quote 
So he was like really out to get all the women. Didn't matter. He truly hated those around town and no one truly knows why he did it. But there are some theories as to why he did it. But I, to me, there was, there's no excuse to kill this many people. So, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, no, there's no, like, excuse to kill one person. There's, like, you don't have, as a person, you should not feel like you have the authority to play God in my eyes. You don't pick and yep. choose when you want to see somebody die. And the only reason why that I would be okay with it is if you did something like this and you got um, the death sentence. You know what I mean? Yeah. But other than that, it's like, like, who are you type thing? Yeah, and it's just like, it's like, how do you, in your mind, how do you say, I hate these people so much that I'm going to just kill a whole bunch of them? Like, it just doesn't, like, I can't, me and you will never be able to process, like, what went on in his mind. And it's just, nobody will, in anybody's mind, who can just go out there and kill that many people. It's just, it's insane, and it's really, really sad. And that's why I say it hits a different part of your heart because of the fact that someone can just do this and not have any remorse. But yeah, so I want to continue into like what they like different reasons why he could, there's not anything that says, Oh, he could have because of this, but they just have past records of how he was towards people in general. It was said that George was a very tempered man. So in 1989, George was fired, like I mentioned above, and in the same month, George Seaman's paper were suspended because of an, because of a racial argument with another shipmate. There were also many reports of how much he, hate he had for women. He was a hateful person towards many people, including ethnicity, religion, and gender. So he continued to try and get his seaman papers reinstated but this failed more than one time and then in february of 1990 he found out that he had been denied like there's no more like putting in your papers this is it you're not coming back and this would be the thing that would lead lead like it led him to the drug rehab because i i wonder if they wouldn't reinstate him until he got help because of the fact that he was doing drugs and they didn't have any records of him getting help. So he's basically like forced. It wasn't like he wanted to go there on his own. But this is whenever he went to the drug rehab center. And then just two months before his murder spree, he went to a corner store to get some breakfast where a clerk named Mead, I believe that's how you say that. And this man, this store clerk told the police that George had said, quote, I want you to tell everybody if they don't quit messing around my house, something awful is going to happen, end quote. Then a week and a half before the spree, he would pick up his page, his last paycheck and would also quit his job. Then a man named Bubba that worked with George mentioned, quote, he got to talking about some of the people in Belton and certain women that had get, that had given him problems, end quote. And then this Bubba guy continues saying that he, that um, George had said, quote, watch and see, watch and see, end quote. So it seems like 
he was it was like adding up over time like it was just piling and piling and piling and at I guess just one day it just clicked because on October 15th of that same year um, a man named Bill said that he saw George yelling at a woman on a TV and he was eating a cheeseburger and french fries and that's so descriptive <laughs> It's so yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like, real quick, with you saying all this, it really has me wondering if this man had schizophrenia. Yes, yeah, that's one of the things, the thoughts that I had in my head. And, and you know, back in the that time, they're not going to be like, I mean, it wasn't too far back, it was 91, but still, a lot of families are going to be like, no, my, my kid's not this, my kid's not that. And it's like, he really needed some help. Yeah, like, I mean, back then, too, back then, like, we say it like it was so long ago, but it, I mean, it was, like, 30 years ago, so, you know, back then, you, I don't think testing was, like, how it is today. Now, it's like, you're testing your kids for everything. Oh, he did this. Oh, I need to go get him tested. Oh, he, she did this over here. Oh, my God, is something wrong? Let me go get her tested. But that wasn't how it was in that time period they didn't get tested for things they kind of just shoved them over, under the rug and with all of this like thinking that so many different people are out to get him yelling at a tv you know making these weird slurs thinking people are at his house like doing stuff in his house or to his house it's like do you have schizophrenia and maybe if he did if he actually got the right help something like this could have been prevented yes i agree 100 percent because this I really believe that this could have been prevented not only by his family but by people who were around people who knew him growing up because he grew up in this area you know it's just like it's sad to I mean I guess he didn't grow up in this area but he lived here for quite some time to be able to make an impact on people who knew what to, and and the army failed him big time I'm mean, not the army the navy because they should have done the you know they do the testing with them mentality testing or whatever it's called before going in and so to me I feel like it's a big fail on their side for not seeing that there's something wrong with him you know there's something but then again you never know maybe he wasn't like that until he got out you know but yeah so with all of this I'm wondering if maybe he felt that it was women's fault that he was getting rejected and maybe it was even like women who were firing him, maybe the person who let him go or denied him or whatever was a woman. And so he just started blaming them. Either way, something on that date made him flip the switch and react to his anger in a very violent way. Since then, there was a pink, but that's, sorry, that's pretty much it. I kind of just went into the next thing, but that's pretty much everything that I could find about George and why he would do it like i said they couldn't find any theories or anything to that that were solid but since then there was a pink granite memorial that was located behind the colleen community center with the name names and dates of all the victims uh who were killed after only five months luby's opened back up but would officially close in 2000 and it's now a restaurant called Yanksing, which I believe is another restaurant, I think. But isn't that crazy that only five months, like, can you imagine how much blood and all the bullet holes and all the stuff 
just from this man. And and I believe they said at least ten of them were shot point blank. Dang. So yeah. I mean, no, I wouldn't want to go eat there. Mm-mm. I'd be like, look, I'm not that hungry for a buffet right now. No, like, not good. even. I mean, I would visit it like like a type of memorial type thing, mm-hmm. like kind of like the 9/11. But I wouldn't eat there. I mean, these people were eating when they got killed. It's kind of like to me, it's like a form of disrespect. So not, yes, but not I eat. agree. I think it's disrespectful that they even opened it back up. Yeah, but yeah. you know, it happened. But that's pretty much today's disturbing story. What did you think, Barb? Uh, it's crazy that I've never heard of this, and. Um, it, I mean, I feel sorry for the victims and the victims' families. It's just one of those wrong place at the wrong time um, situations. You never want to get a phone call saying that your family member has been killed while they're eating in a restaurant or while they're walking in the park or, you know, anything like that. So it's really sad. But I'm just – I'm one of those crime people who, and who like, really want to know what makes a, a killer tick. Mm-hmm. What is the driving cause? And I talk about that in like a lot of my um, uh, episodes. And this is one of the ones where I, in some ways, like I wish that he would have left a letter for the police to find as to why he did what he did. And yeah, we know he hates women, but why? Like what what drove him to that point so that we could compare it to the future and um, make it to where it's less preventable for situations like this, if this makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I wish that there was something that could just tell us, but you know, uh, it's just a, it's just a terrible situation. And I'm, I'm sure that his family probably gets things said to them and they're just as much victims as the other, you know, as the other families, because not only did they lose a son, but they, they lost a son to, knowing what a horrible person he was exactly but yeah so thank you all so much for tuning in to today's episode we hope you all have an amazing week don't forget to tune in on thursday for barb's episode please let us know what you think by emailing us at tcwtm2021 at gmail.com on instagram at texas chicks who talk murder with no spaces facebook at texas chicks who talk murder and twitter at texas chicks who with the number one As always, stay out of dark places and watch your back because you never know who's lurking. Bye. Bye.